Hello and welcome to the Business of Authority. I'm Jonathan Stark. And I'm Rochelle Moulton. And today we're going to talk about the hidden cost of delegation. I love that we're juxtaposing this with maybe five episodes when we talked about why you want to hire help. <laughs> <laughs> right. So th- this is, I feel like it's it's uh, just considered common sense that you should be delegating stuff. And mm-hmm. I'm certainly not here to tell people that they shouldn't delegate stuff, but I am hypersensitive to the hidden costs of delegation uh, for a variety of reasons that I'm sure will come up on the episode. <laughs> so, I, I mean, my hope here is to give a counterpoint to the conventional wisdom of delegation for folks like us, people who are probably running a solo business or a very small business. Maybe they've got a, te- a loosely coupled team of, you know, like you, graphic designer, developer, yada, yada, yada. Um, but there's this, this quote that just like, I think it might've been, I've heard it many times before, but I think Todd Trester actually said it when we interviewed him and he's he's super duper into creating systems and that sort of thing. Mm -hmm. And, and there's this notion of like, uh, oh, it'll just be faster if I do it myself. If I try to hand it off to someone, it'll, it'll take longer. And then the counterpoint from the air quotes, smart business people is that, yeah, but if you have to do it over and over and over again, ultimately you'll save time. And and while I know that's true, I do think it depends. It depends on the thing that you're handing off, the level of importance, the priority, and all sorts of other things, because there is this tax that comes with delegation, this sort of communication tax. Yes. Oh, I love that phrase, communication tax. Yeah, yeah. TM, TM. So, <laughs> so, so let's get into it. What stuff do you delegate? What stuff that what stuff is critical to your business? Something that you'd feel like you can't just not do it, that you have someone else do. You don't do it yourself. You hand it off. Yeah, I've I've a bunch of things. Um, so the one is is my website, and by website I mean the design work and the development work. Neither of those do I want to do myself. Um, I don't delegate the copywriting because I love to do that and I think I'm good at it, so <laughs> I do that. Um, I delegate uh, bookkeeping. I delegate accounting. Hopefully most everybody here that's not a CPA is doing that. Um, I delegate, uh, well, I don't know if delegate's the right word, but you know, I have a lawyer. So when a question comes up, I, I ask her for her advice. Mm-hmm. Um, and now that uh, I have a second podcast, I'm delegating a piece of the podcast production, not the entire process, but a piece. In fact, I think it was when we were talking about this off air that gave us the idea for this episode. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. And I just want to throw something else out, though, is that I feel like one of the challenges of being a soloist is that you hear all these messages from all these gurus, in quotes, saying you have to hire employees. You know, you get your first employee and you do this. And so embedded in that is this idea that delegation is always good. Right. Yes, that is precisely the point that I want to, to, the myth I want to bust. Yeah, and I think we're at different points on the spectrum. Like I've always think I've been, I mean, I had a VA for many years. Um, I've 
always felt like I'm further along on that end of the spectrum than you are. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I feel like I've been moving closer to your positioning on this yeah. over the last few years as I've experimented with delegating and with not delegating. Mm-hmm. I feel like there's this, this delegation is not the only solution to the problem. That in, in the, if the problem is there's stuff that you don't want to do or you don't feel like you have the time to do, you don't have the resources to do on your own, then it's like, well, delegate it, right? Like as mm-hmm. if that's the only solution. But I am in, in my biz, I like for me, delegating to someone else is like a last ditch effort. <laughs> right. So the first thing, there's sort of three levels to it. First is discard the thing. Don't do the thing like make a kind of cost benefit analysis of whether or not it's worth it to do. And if it's not just don't just stop doing it, even though all the gurus say you have to have music at the beginning of your podcast or whatever it is, <laughs> and just like not do it, you know, the, the, right. the juice isn't worth the squeeze sort of thing. So just my first thing is always like, well, I'll just what if I, what if I just stop doing that? What if that's is like, why does that seem important? And I really question the conventional wisdom around like whatever the thing is. And sometimes I'm like, no, I, I really, it's really important for, let's say, uh, in my workshops in particular, there's some stuff that I think is really important for the, to, to have for the benefit of the students that I don't, that are a real pain, like stuff that's a real pain, but if I took it out, it would dramatically decrease the experience. It would, it would they would learn less and I don't want that. So... In that case, I can't just discard certain things there. So then I, I sort of go up a level. It's like, what's the next thing? Well, automate it. And automation for me is, it, that could include just checklists. Like the beginning of automation for me is like, okay, what's the process, first of all, before I start writing code or plugging things together? What's the process that I want? What's the order of operations? Do that manually a few times, correct it, improve it. Like, okay, this is this is pretty static now. I can I can switch over to... Zapier or code or uh, visual automations inside of ConvertKit or whatever it is. Like there's a lot of options these days, even if you're non-technical. And then, and only then, if I can't get that to work, you know, 80-20 rule, if I can't get the automation to a place where it's like, okay, this is this this is off my plate, um, 80% off my plate at least, then I would say like, okay, I need to get another human involved here and and I think I could even parse out levels of delegation to when another person is involved. And the the and like you, I mean, I do. I have someone doing my bookkeeping and accounting, and I have also have a lawyer. I never call him, but but I have someone to call if I needed to do that. Uh, my site's not really designed. I mean, technically, it's designed, <laughs> but you know what I mean. It's not fancy, right. so I just do that myself. And podcast production, I I have gone back and forth. Some shows I do myself, others I've had people do for me. And I've had, I've had good, uh, good experience with that in the past. Like there are people out there that do a much better job or at at least as good a job, if not better job, you know, I just trade some money and get that time back. That's pretty nice. Mm -hmm. Um, And I have experimented with a, a VA in 2019. I had a VA who helped me quite a bit with getting a YouTube channel off the ground because that was all sort of new to me. And and it, that was more what I think people, that experience was 
was a lot more, I think, what people imagine when they imagine delegating something to someone, where there were periodic meetings and kind of, this is where the communication text really started to add up for me. Because I know who doesn't like meetings. As soon as there's a meeting, especially a recurring meeting, forget it. Like, I would rather... I would rather do one of the other things. I would either either discard the thing, automate the thing, or at least systematize it, or find a solution where there's another person who's essentially presenting their business, who, who presents like a SaaS, where the implication is that they don't want to have meetings either. So, you know, it's that's like my lawyer and my accountant. They don't want to mm-hmm. have meetings. So yeah. the cost commu- them money. Yeah, the communication is always asynchronous and it's very sporadic. They just understand. Oh, and pay, I forgot my payroll is a separate one. Payroll too. Oh, yeah, yeah. I do that too. I forgot. Yeah. And those are an occasional email done, right? So there's no, there's no like, could we grab 15 minutes to kind of like reset on, you know, <laughs> it almost never happens. So that's the kind of delegation. That doesn't feel like delegation to me. It's almost like, it almost feels like the wrong word for it. But I guess technically that is delegating. Uh, yeah, I mean, I think it is. It's there are tasks that have to get done, and I, I guess you could call it outsourcing if that makes you feel better. But yeah. it's you know, it's the same concept. And I think the difference in those experiences is that when we're working with somebody, the way I think of it is it's inside a box. Like I think of the bookkeeping and accounting um, as being inside a box in this sense that they are the experts at what they do. And mm-hmm. they have a process that you're going to follow. This is not where you're telling them how you want them to do it. You probably have some conversations up front to get, you know, your your goals and objectives set and that. But you're falling into their system versus oh, vice versa. Right. Yeah. See that the difference? is the difference. Yeah. And I think both of us are, are just intuitively more comfortable when we're in somebody else's system because we're treating them like the experts that they are and we're counting on them to make all of the decisions except the ones that we must make or right. should make. Yeah. Cause, right. Because if you, if you bring someone in, you know, I don't know, what's an example? Like, I, I don't want to have that much input. Right. Because then it's like, yeah. then it turns into this thing where you're getting peppered with questions like, do you want it like this or do you want it like that? Should I do this or should I do that? My accountant never does that. I mean, <laughs> my accountant is occasionally will be like, hey, there's this thing you should probably take advantage of. Do you want me to do it or not? You know, but that's like right. once every two years versus when, and this is nothing against my VA who, who helped me with the YouTube channel. Like the, the engagement was exactly what it should have been. I think it was appropriate. But I didn't like parts of, I didn't like, I was too involved. You yeah. know what I mean? Yeah. I don't want to be that involved. I just want to like, I don't want to come up, like we came up with a system for, together, we came up with a system to handle the sort of incoming, like people would people would hashtag Ask Jonathan on various platforms and I would collect them and like, what should we do? And okay, let's put them in an air table and then what? And then they'll have a status and then I'll do that. We're like making this this big system and I just like, and then it was like a thing that needed to be maintained. Like what would have been, Yes. yeah, it would have been more attractive to me if all of that stuff was set up and the person or company just presented it as a productized service or a SaaS 
where it was like, here is the system. It is not up to me to maintain it. It is, it is like, it is for me to take it or leave it. And if I take it, then it's like, all right, charge my credit card X dollars per month or whatever the deal is. And I just do my stupid little piece and the rest of the things just happen. Right. So yeah. it, it's, it's, it feels exactly like, um, like Simplecast or like, like Transistor where, you know, you just do the little piece that you have to do. Like, what's the title of the episode? Like, you got to put that in <laughs> and, and then the platform takes care of the rest. I want a platform. That's what I want. I want to delegate to a platform. I don't want to be like co-creating a system with essentially someone who's kind of like an employee. That, that's like, to me, I'm like, woof, that is, it feels heavy. Yeah, I have to make just a sidebar discussion is this may be how your clients, not you, Jonathan, but you, the listeners, um, how your clients feel when presented with a custom consulting assignment sometimes. True. You know, it's, yeah, do I want the box or do I want the open-ended, let's figure it out and make it custom for you? So, yeah, I mean, this is the kind of stuff that our clients go through when they talk to us as well. 100%. Yeah, this is a, actually, this is a, a, a um, not common, but it is one of the edge cases arguments against the why conversation, which is that you're dragging the client through the creative process. A lot of clients want that when the when the project is really big and risky and they're nervous yeah. and they want to get gain a sense of trust that you really understand what they want. But for lower um, stress, lower risk things, it's, it's a lot. It's you're putting a lot on them anyway. But so that's an interesting point. It, and I totally agree. So where do we go next? Let, let's make the link and, and maybe I'll tell you the story about what, this podcast thing that I've been challenged with, which is why we started to talk about this originally. And I think the link is the, is the cognitive load that when you have what you describe like a platform, you can really let go, right? Cause you know, it's going to work, or at least you have a reasonable expectation that it's going to work. And it's only going to be occasionally that there is a blip and you deal with it when that happens versus Oh, I wonder if they put it in there. I wonder if it's going to happen. I wonder if so-and-so who said they were going to do X actually did X, and did they pass it on to the person who's going to do Y? You know what I mean? It's yeah. like you have those those bees in your head, yep. basically. And so, all right, so when I started this new podcast, which is Knock on Wood and Apple, coming out on September 7th, um, the the question came up, how am I going to get the audio edit done? Because Jonathan wasn't going to do it for me. I don't know why, but he wasn't going to. <laughs> um, so, <laughs> so I went through a process and I wound up talking to three different firms. Um, I, I chose one that I'm still really excited about, really very happy with them. And they have, as you might expect, all these different packages. Like you mm -hmm. can take you know, one from column A and one from column B. So I said, all right, I definitely want somebody to do the audio edit. I don't know how much of the other stuff I really want to outsource, but they had this thing, I think it's like $60 a month, where they will post your episode and your show notes. I thought, well, that's nice. Then it's like one platform I just don't have to worry about. Okay, add that on. Yeah. So 
we now have, I think, seven episodes in various stages of this. And what I hadn't thought about is first, I have to create a separate document for the show notes so that they can upload it. And I have to put that in our shared Dropbox. Now, I could put it in, I could give them access to my other Dropbox, but I don't do that. That's my security. I don't mm. let anybody into that part of my Dropbox. So I so I have to create the document. And it's, it's a cut and paste. We're not talking anything complicated, but I have to do it. And I have to remember to do it. Mm. And it has to be in the Dropbox. The person who uploads it is not the same person who edits the episode. So the first time I did this, I had no way of knowing, like, what's the process? How does this other person know to upload it? Because it's invisible and it wasn't happening. Mm-hmm. And and again, you know, it had plenty of time, so there was no big deal. But I had to think about it. Yeah. You know, that was the problem. And so then I so then I talked to the person, emailed with the person and said, so when do you actually do this? Oh, it's usually like when the time is out there, like you're, you're doing episodes that are four or five weeks out, you know, like a, a week after. And I'm like, no, that doesn't work for me because I need that link in order to be done with my part mm-hmm. of the episode. And so... It was, it was this interesting process where all of a sudden I'm like, I was thinking, hey, 60 bucks a month, sure. You know, $300 a month if you do all that, sure. But in practice, it, and nobody's doing anything wrong. This is not a slam at them. It's their process. But it doesn't work with mine. So now yeah. what I have to do, Stressing if I can... Out. Yeah, exactly. Well, part of the stress was because it's new, you know, so you have to get used to that. And I still, I couldn't put together my SOP completely because I couldn't see how all the pieces right. move together. So I I like knowing what's going to happen. And then I, you know, it's you check off a box and you're done. So... Yeah, so I'm watching this going, okay, so I have to create the separate document. I have to put it up there. I then have to trust or verify that the that it's been done, right? Yep. And because it's new, I'm going to verify, right? I don't know that if they're going to do that. Um, and I, it, when it's done, then I can, quote unquote, relax. But I cannot add it to my website because um, I don't have the link to the episode if it's not uploaded. Right. Um, you know, I can't put it in ConvertKit to do my announcement to my email list if I don't have the link. And so, yeah, so this, I, I was, I had been very heartily patting myself on the back for coming up with this system where I do show notes immediately afterwards and I do not send the audio to the organization until I have everything done so i mm-hmm. i touch it once right and then i'm done but it's not touching it once anymore mm-hmm. it's touching it several times and i find it really annoying compared to what <laughs> we do for this which is i touch it once now that hasn't always been that way but you know over the years we've worked it out so it's it's touch it once and be done and don't worry about it right you can close so, the chapter it's like yeah so for me that's the hidden cost of delegation and it's I mean, if I had four podcasts, it would make me insane. Those bees would just like never relax. I'd need a master spreadsheet. And by the way, I did. I created a master episode (laughs) spreadsheet so I can look at it. Of course, I have to remember to update that too. But I wanted, because I've got, you know, it's the beginning of a podcast, so I'm doing a bunch of interviews all at once. Yeah, and I wanted, you know, I want to keep them all straight. I want to have them in in what seems like a reasonable order. You know, it's all those things. So... 
yeah, it wasn't as easy as I thought it would be. And it's it's not the people. Right. It's, it's just it's, a, two different systems. Yeah. They can both work, but they don't mesh. Yeah. Yeah. So actually, you touched on something that, that about... I mean, I know since it's the beginning of the podcast, it might not be like this always, but uh, this is the reason why I don't like having a lot of stuff done in advance for a podcast. Because for me, now I've got, so I had a situation where I had gotten way ahead of myself recording episodes for Ditching Hourly. I had sort of a flurry of really interesting people that I wanted to have on the show and I interviewed them and I mean, they're... I had like eight in the can, but not, yeah. but they were just the raw recordings. I hadn't edited them or anything, nothing. So I, I actually, on your recommendation, I tried this same, uh, I don't even know what to call them. I get sort of like a podcast production agency agency. Yeah. yeah but it, but it presents like a SAS. It's a mechanical Turk thing where people are doing stuff behind the scenes. It's not all automated or, or software yes. or anything. But, but they have a platform. <laughs> yeah, they have a platform. It's like up. It's like better than Upwork. It's like more like Ninety Nine Designs, where you you go in. It's like here's the new episode. Here's the link to the raw files, and and like you check box. Like I want show notes, yes or no. I want uh, audiograms, yes or no. You know, it's like yeah, all that right. stuff. And it's it's really it's really good. And they and just I, they got got me caught up. But the there was a whole bunch of sort of failure mode work or like work that didn't need to be done because I was so far ahead where I started to get, plainly speaking, I just got confused. And what ended up yeah. happening was a bunch of rework because of like changing stupid stuff, like changing episode numbers around and like, oh, now it's in the audiogram with the wrong number and da 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 da. Oh, it's the rollout of all the pieces. Right. Yeah, yeah. I get it's, it. Right. And so, and it's, it, I would just lose track of like, wait, which one was this? And, and end up re listening to a lot of stuff, which n none of that would have ever happened if I didn't let myself get into the situation where I record an episode and it comes out next week. And I record an episode and it comes out next week, period. If I just stick with that, then, so for example, what I could have done when I booked all of these episodes, it just booked them out for the week do the recording, do my normal process, process it, and then release it. Instead, I had like, I don't know, I had like eight interviews in one week or two weeks. And and then like the guest, it's like, oh, remember like eight months ago when I interviewed you? It's finally out. <laughs> you know, like the excitement's gone. So yeah. there's too much of a lag time between when the guest records. And anyway, so the 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 point is like, even though... I was like, I really want to get caught up on these and process them quicker, but it ended up, and they did a great job. I was very happy with what they did, but it created, since it was outside of my normal system, then it, it just created all this, probably as much confusion and cognitive dissonance, it would have been less frustrating. It probably would have taken me longer, but it would have been less frustrating for me to just plow through them, you know, just do the next one, do the next one, do the next one. But I wanted to really, I ended up releasing like, you know, one a day for a week or, you know, eight, five, six, seven, eight days just to get the backlog cleared so I could get back to a normal routine. So, I mean, it's it's not the kind of thing that would happen all the time, but it revealed that my normal system is actually really good. I just didn't follow it 
<laughs> you know, it's like I need a, a reminder to check. I need a, a to-do list to check the to-do list. The delegation of it just created more work in another place. And it, maybe it's yeah. it's apples and oranges, but the kind of work it created was really frustrating work versus work that doesn't frustrate me. Well, yeah, I think that's a really good point, too, because like in the example you gave, if, if it were me um, editing an audio, it would and let's just assume I knew what I was doing and I don't. Mm-hmm. Um, it would take me an hour, something like that. And the tasks that I'm doing myself are all much shorter. I mean, they're much shorter. But I will tell you, when I first started this, and I'm, you know, I record in Riverside as we do with this one, they have this edit thing that's visual. And I went, oh, maybe it's really that simple because I'm not a fan of like crazy editing. It's just usually like take something weird out or take a noise out. And just for the heck of it, I experimented it. I created a, a practice a recording and I experimented and it worked like crap or or I didn't know how to do it one the other or both and I'm like I so don't want to do this I never want to spend my time doing this I when I'm done recording an episode I want to be done with the audio I'm done and so it was so easy for me to make that decision because it's not something I knew how to do so you know another way to think about you know delegation or outsourcing is when it's something that you just don't know how to do and you don't want to learn and of course even if you do want to learn you better be way better than what you can pay for to make it worthwhile or have it work into a system in such a way that you go okay I want to spend this time let me give you an example let's say that you were also writing show notes you could easily edit the episode and take side notes and do the the show notes at the same time or you could throw the episode in and have AI do it yep or do it immediately after the recording, like block out time in your calendar yeah. to do it immediately while it's still fresh. It's the same with edit. Like I, we've gone back and forth, but for the past while, maybe a year, I've been editing TBOA. And if I do it right after we hang up, I know how intense the edit's going to be. I can remember that a dog barked mm-hmm. or, you know, whatever, Jackson shook his collar. <laughs> I can remember it and it's, and I can, and I, or I can say like, ah, there wasn't that much crosstalk and I can edit it and like, I don't know, 10 minutes and just be done with it. But if I wait, if we get way ahead mm-hmm. and I go back, like when I just had all of these recordings, the problem with having eight recordings that are six weeks old is that I have to re-listen to the entire thing Oof. over again because I can't remember if anything happened. So, yeah. so I mean, this goes to the sort of automate slash systematize tier of delegation, air quotes. You don't need to delegate if you organize your process in a way that just makes it super easy. I've started taking notes now, you know, sometimes if it's something where I know they're going to have to stop, I'll speak to the editor on, on the recording. Mm -hmm. Um, But otherwise I'll just make a couple of notes and it's, yeah, it's so simple because I don't want to listen to that again. Yeah. Well, we just did it. What a waste of time. Pro tip for a Riverside user. There's a little button at the bottom of the screen that says mark clip that you can click when something happens and it gives you a little reminder that 15 minutes in the dog bark the, the, at the FedEx guy. So anyway, um, this is a little bit of a, a jumping around a little bit, but I'm doing an engagement with somebody. It's sort of like a, a 360 systems review of their business because the, the goal is to get down to like 
25 hours a week of working without losing any profits. So, okay, so let's do Fun that. project. Yeah, very cool, right? So, you know, I get access to their their calendar and their P&L and the, you know, to-do list and everything, right? Mm-hmm. Like it's a deep dive. And part of, part of the experience is like, I think my brain is weird. I'm like, wow, like the way I think about things might be really weird or unusual because one of the, one of the things we did was go through this person's like SOPs and you know, uh, Mm -hmm. it's a scenario where there's, there is a VA, there is an, uh, a person who's sort of in charge of operations. So a little bit of an organization, not really, you know, not employees, but so, so I was like, all right, let's look at, you know, the, the procedure for publishing a podcast episode, just to use that, keep with that example. And we're looking at it. And I'm like, this, this process is oriented around like the, the, the assistant was supposed to, or assistant's the wrong word, but, but anyway, the assistant was supposed to document the process so that it could be systematized. Mm-hmm. And, and, but my person hadn't looked at it yet because she wasn't doing it right. If someone else was doing it, didn't need to look at it, but it was like, okay, but I do want the system to be created. So then we looked at it and it was essentially it was clear that it was predicated on an expectation that my student was going to hand this off to an employee eventually and not do it herself. Okay. See what I mean? Yeah. So it was way too detailed. And in Mm -hmm. fact, there's a bunch of stuff in there that was kind of like, this doesn't really need to be done. Like all of this, all of these sort of like approvals and um, edits and, and, back and forth and it's like oh, all of this we're creating just creating a big system yeah for a bunch of employees like the assumption was that there would be employees in the future and that they would handle this stuff and i was like what if we just make this so simple that we collapse this back and forth down to like the 15 minutes after you record an episode and then you can forget about it like like we do or at least i do yeah. right and so it was like is that possible and i was like i don't know i do it I mean, maybe there are things that that you think are more less optional than I, than me, but you know. So let's do this. And so we went down and spent like a probably a good hour running through and creating a an SOP for like pre-flight. What do you do? In-flight. What do you do? Post-flight. What do you do? And then it's like, okay, does that it feels good? Everybody says, okay, does it feels good? And I mean, like. I don't know, maybe it's 30 items long compared to this massive spreadsheet of, <laughs> you know, like Trello board of like moving things through stages and, and, th- you know, it's like, okay, but the proof is in the pudding. And so the following week I was like, how did it go? And she was like, I feel so light. It's just amazing. It's like life changing to not have to have that thing where you're like, did this get done? What's going on? Not knowing mm-hmm. what's going on in your business doesn't feel good. See, so it's on the one hand, you kind of want to like the plat. The nice thing about the platform is that black box that you talked about before. It's like not your business, yeah. How they're doing it's none of your business yeah, how they're I don't doing care. it as long as they <laughs> right. But if it's if it is your business, then it does. It's not crazy to think like I need to look inside of the black box and see if this is really optimal, or if it's feeling suboptimal, then you can get in the black box. You can't just throw it away and change and, tr- and and change to a different platform. It's like the one you built. 
Well, that's why I would argue you have to get your head inside there. In fact, that's where I've seen soloists in particular get in trouble when they're starting to scale some and they create more systems. And if they're not looking at those systems because they're going, oh, systems is not my thing. I, I don't mm. want to do that. Mm-hmm. And then all of a sudden you, you actually take a look and you go, oh, my God, what what is this? And why do I need three people to do this thing when, you know, a, a quarter of a person could do this? And and the anger of this is what I've been paying you for? Yes. Uh-huh. Yeah, yeah. you've been there. I know you've told me stories that are like... <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I've had it. It's happened to me, too. You know, you went down this rabbit hole. Why? Right? And then, but the alternative, the danger, well, the, the danger, I guess, like the trade-off, trade-off is that if on the one hand you want them to just go off and do the thing and and be done with it and come back and be like here it's done on the other hand if they if you can get in this thing where like nope that's that's not the way i wanted that's i must not have articulated it clearly they go back and forth and then what can happen is the pendulum can swing the other way and they're asking you a question about everything yeah and it's like these constant interruptions have to stop. On the one hand, it's like you want them to run with it, but you want the outcome to be at a particular level. It's just really, it's just a lot of work. It's, and it's a different kind of work that you, I don't like. It's, it's administrative work. And there are people who love that, thank goodness. But you know, mm-hmm. when you were saying that, it made me think of Todd Tresseter again, because when he was on the show, he talked about, you know, he always has like a couple of assistants. And his rule is that you have to, codify the procedure and you have to put it in a place where everybody sees it and if you change the procedure you have to change if you change how you do something you have to change this document now i have no idea if that actually works for him because somebody has to maintain that but what i loved about that is having that open means you have complete transparency everybody sees everything and there's opportunities to change it so it, it kind of forces you if you have a lot of those kinds of things to look at it, mm-hmm. um, you know, versus, say, outsourcing to a VA who has, if not a platform, has put together a series of platforms. Maybe they use, you know, they use one SaaS for this thing. They use another SaaS for that one. And when you work with them, you go on all of their platforms and they manage it for you. Right. Right. So let's zoom out. Like, what is the point? The point of starting your own business for, I actually pulled my list and on social media recently, and pretty much everybody wants, the first thing they want is autonomy. So freedom, financial freedom, but just like freedom to work with who they want, when they want, where they want, whenever they want. Like they want Mm -hmm. that freedom. And control over your calendar was a really big thing. Mm. So we're all out here creating sort of expertise-based businesses because probably because we want to have this kind of like autonomy. And I feel like it, if you just take the conventional wisdom advice about delegating or hiring or all of these other things that do work in other contexts, I think that it's not the best fit in our universe if we stay focused on building the machine that we want to have. If you are not the type to scale with headcount, if you're not the type to scale with headcount, you don't want to do that. You don't want to be a manager. You don't want to be a leader of employees. Some people do want to do that, and that's fine. But if you don't want to do that, it's like, why would you start 
outsourcing stuff, it, why would you start going down that path? I mean, I know why you would, but it's like you should, I think, question the conventional wisdom of going down that path of essentially having people that you need to have meetings with, whether they're employees or not, or contractors, but you've got these regular recurring meetings. I just, for me, that's, that's the, <laughs> the litmus test. Am I going to have to have meetings? Because that's not the machine I want to build. The reason I'm laughing is because I'm not anti-meetings, but I don't want to have employee meetings. And by that, I mean, I don't want to talk about um, all their needs. <laughs> I just don't want to. Like their needs from me for their job, right? I want to talk about the work. And I don't mind yeah. having a meeting to talk about the work. That's right, great. Right, right. Yeah. But yeah, just to talk about like, no. No, that's just not fun. But but really what you're getting at is, you know, know thyself, right? Yes. Know what it is that you want to create. And it's okay to change your mind as you go. I mean, I used to want to, and I did. I built a firm with employees. I, I grew it. It was awesome. I sold it. I got a lot of money for it. And I would not do it again. So uh -huh. just know what you want to do now. And where you want to take your business and, and don't listen to those voices. And they're everywhere. Yeah. Oh, do you have an employee? Do you have an assistant? You need a VA. You need this. And maybe you do. I maybe. mean, I, yeah. yeah, I loved having, you know, a VA when I had one. And um, but yeah, it isn't right for every situation. Right. Yeah. So there you have it. <laughs> <laughs> I know. I hope we don't sound too curmudgeonly about this. I know just, that is a risk. Yeah, but there, it's it's like this unending tide of like, yeah. It just. I mean, I just keep saying this sort of conventional wisdom, the advice, like so much, so much of the kind of business literature is oriented around a bunch of tacit assumptions that don't apply to our listeners. I don't think things like like the assumption that everything has to turn into this billion dollar corporation, uh, the assumption that growth comes through hiring. It's just doesn't. Yeah. What if you could scale your profits and not your costs? You know, like what if you could just. <laughs> How about that? Right. It's like what, like you said, know thyself. Like what is the goal? What do you want? Some people run, you know, in entrepreneurial circles will sort of look down their nose at some, oh, oh, you have a lifestyle business. It's like, well, what's the point of having a business in the first place if it isn't to improve your lifestyle? You know, so it's like, you take all of that stuff. I mean, maybe it's a good fit for you. Maybe you maybe you do want to go that direction. I, you know, I, I have people who do that. But if you don't want to do that, there's, there's a lot of other options that I think don't get as much airplay as uh, the conventional wisdom. So here we are to give it some time in the in the sun. <laughs> yeah, and I, I think it's, it's. I said it's know thyself, but it's also know what it is that you want to create. And I don't just mean big picture, I mean small picture. Like, you know, something as simple as I was making a decision about do I want to have two pieces of art for, for episode art? Do I want to have like just one with my picture on it or do I want to have a second for when I have guests, which I have guests more often than not. Um, and it was an easy choice because this is about engagement. Of course, I want their picture on the episode art and it's worth whatever little extra it takes. But somebody else might go, nope, not important to me. 
I don't want to deal with it. I just want one thing. I don't even want episode art. I just want cover art and I don't want to worry about it. Both of those decisions can make absolute sense depending on where you want to go and what's the most important thing. And it's just, I think what we're saying is don't just listen to the conventional wisdom. Think about how this, this plays out for you with where you want to go. Yeah, exactly. Cool. And by the way, I don't know who you're talking about with regard to the podcast. <laughs> what, kind of, what kind of monster? What kind of monster would not have episode art? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> My point still stands, though. They both work. It just depends what you want. Uh-huh. Yeah. <laughs> cool. All right. I think we did it. Yeah. All right, folks. That's it for this week. I'm Jonathan Stark. And I'm Michelle Moulton. We hope you join us again next time for the Business of Authority. Bye. Bye-bye. Now we're going to go edit this and write the show notes right now. <laughs>